as we're eating it, we're being changed, we're being transformed, we're being the seed, we're eating the seed, and it's going to go with the title, we're eating the seed of the word, and the seed is being planted inside of us, and as that seed is being planted inside of us, it's sprouting out into our, 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 our soul, our inner man, and it's being, it's producing something, it's producing fruits in us. As we eat the words of the Spirit, we produce the fruits of the Spirit. Not the words of the dead letter, because the dead letter will make us dead, but the words, it says, those that hear, have an ear to hear what thus saith the Spirit of God. As we hear what thus saith the Spirit of God, we start to actually bear the fruits of that same Spirit. God, I want the fruits of the Spirit. We need to walk in the Spirit, but actually, if we it says, eat my flesh and drink my blood. There's three witnesses that bear witness. And it's the spirit, the water, and the blood. Eat my flesh, drink my blood, eat my words, receive my... Oh, that's, that's the foundation is his sacrifice and everything he did for us, his sins, because that's what the blood actually makes us worthy to be able to receive from him. Now his flesh we receive. We've torn the veil through the blood. Now we're in, now we can have that communion, the blood has made that communion possible, and now he's giving us his flesh to eat that we may become like him again. I say again because Adam and Eve were already made in that image, and they got fooled to think that they could be like God when they were already like God, so they ate the tree and they became opposite of what they wanted to become like, because they didn't know their identity, they didn't know they were already made like him already. See, right now you guys are eating. What does it mean to eat rather than just listen? See, it's not the hearers of the word, only the ones that do, but really, I can bring someone off the street right now, and they can hear everything I'm saying, but nothing changes. No seeds have been sown. Because what does it say? It says, there were seeds sown in this ground, but it was by the wayside, and the wind blew it away. There were seeds sown in that ground, but the thorns and the thistles choked it out. What is the thorns and thistles? The lust of the flesh, the cares of this life. There were seeds sown in that ground, but that ground... The fowler of the air, because it had no deepness of earth, because it could not go deep inside of them, because it only went to the mind, the, 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 the um, surface level. See, it's not, it can't go to the surface level. level. It has to go deep. It needs to be revelation in us. And then the fowler, who is the fowler? The fowler is the devil. Comes and rips it out of the ground. That's why it's important for us for every word that is spoken, everything that is revealed for us to eat and catch the revelation and the understanding from it. When we eat the word, the oracles of God, we're no longer eating what comes from the book. We're eating what comes from the seven spirits that sit before the throne. We're eating from the spirit of revelation, the spirit of counsel, the spirit of might, the spirit of revelation, the spirit of count, or all those seven spirits. We're eating from the fire. Because it says they're like seven lampstands. They're like a fire. But the seven is completion, right? Seven completes us. So the word is forming us to complete us into the full image of God. Every time we speak, what does it say here? I got the scripture here. If any man speak, 1 Peter 4.11, if any man speak, let him speak as the oracles of God. If any man minister, let him do it as of the ability which God gives it. Because it's no longer God. I mean, it's no longer man that's preaching now. What does it say? The Bible says that all shall be taught by God. 
So what am I doing up here right now doing what I'm doing? But as I'm inspired, as I'm directed, as I have unction, that's why the unction is the reason why we, is how we function in the church because the unction is actually Him now speaking. See, I can speak to you when I'm done here as a man, but right now it's speaking to you as a messenger of God. So if you look at me as a man and you basing the message off that, God actually says you're carnal. Not that you're not a spiritual being, you're not a son of God, but you're, the way you're thinking is carnal because it's not about the man anymore. Now it's about the scroll that's being revealed and opened before you right now. That's what this message is called, eat the scroll. Because we need to eat the words that are coming out of God's people every day. Every day that God releases, because every day God is putting a scroll on his, or he's not every day to everybody, but different people or whoever. God is putting a scroll for people to eat that is coming out of them to release back and put it and write it on tablets. Who are the tablets? What are the tablets? It's your hearts. So when he actually... The heart is the center of the body. The heart makes the blood flow everywhere. The heart makes the body alive. So when we're writing the tablet on the hearts, the heart is actually, is actually causing us to walk in his ways. God, I want to learn your statutes and your commandments. This is what was said in the Old Testament, that I may, may be led to walk in your ways. The word actually, not the word that we hear, but the word formed in us. See, it's the word formed in you. But the way the word gets formed in you, just the same way you eat and protein and all these things, they get formed in you to build your mortality. It's the same way we eat spiritual bread and it builds our, our spiritual immortality in the spirit. So we need to have a spiritual, we want to grow and we think if we just obey God and the will of God he has for our personal life, we'll grow. But actually the word and the spirit is what makes us grow. These are, like Shane said, these times right now, what's happening right now before you is an ordained session with God right now. What's happening before you right now is an ordained time to grow. Like Shane said that day. So these times we cannot take lightly anymore. It says, before the foundations of the earth, the word was, and the word, the word was God, the word became flesh, and the word was made of man. But the Word was God. This is something that's been ringing in me all morning. The Word was God. Before it became a man, it was God. So there was God the Father, but what was coming out of God the Father was actually the insides of the Father, and He made it into a man. He made His insides into mortality in Jesus. That's deep. Because now that same thing He spoke when He made the Son of Man is now speaking into us and forming us into the Word. As He speaks, He forms. When He formed the earth, He spoke and the earth was formed. That's the power of God's words, is that when He's speaking to us right now, breathed by the Holy Spirit, we're being formed. But it's our choice to receive, to eat. What's, how do we eat? Do we just listen? No, we eat by receiving, by bearing witness to the word, by understanding, by revelation. There's something today, and, I, and I'm, not talking about, I'm not making today some special day or something. I'm just giving this day as an example for every day that the word of the Lord is spoken, how we are to hold our heart. Because if there's something today that you don't understand or is not 
revealed to you, he's the revealer. He's the one that helps us understand. He's the one that unveils our eyes to see. Even Jesus came back when he rose from the dead. He came back in another form, and whatever that looked like, he may have looked different in the flesh, but he was talking to them, and they didn't even realize it was Jesus the whole time, resurrected from the dead. But it said, until he unveiled their mind, they could see that it was him. Right now, it's, unless he unveils it to you, you're struggling hearing the word, well, half the part is he needs to unveil it to you so that you can eat it, so that you can receive it. That's what eating really is. It's receiving it. Because sometimes we don't receive the word because we have a different opinion. Sometimes we don't receive the word. That's why we're talking about that today. Because we're focused on our problems. We're distracted. Oh me, oh me. But the word is coming right now to change oh me, oh me. And you keep crying about oh me, oh me. Well, here is the answer right here before you speaking. Oh me, oh me. Stop crying. Receive the word. And oh me, oh me will become oh him, oh him in me. That's how we... That's why it's, God was telling me, because the word, before the foundation of the word was, and the word was God. He's God, but his word is really God, too. And his word actually needs to become the God of our life. Not just the being of him, but the things that come out of him, because the things that come out of him are what's within that being, and what's within that being comes into our being and forms us in the likeness and in the, in the image of the same being. We cannot be like someone just by looking like them in the flesh. We're like someone because we have the same mind. What was it in the book of Acts? One mind, one accord, one spirit, one baptism, one doctrine. Let's stop making a big deal about doctrine. Can we just preach the love of Well, doctrine is God's mind being revealed to you so that you can walk like him and look like him. Doctrine is not some that we get so afraid of doctrine because we think about the theologians. But if we actually see doctrine as spiritual oracles being revealed to make you look like Jesus, then we'll actually start to make it more important. It's not doctrine so you can just be like, well, I believe this. No, it's doctrine so that you can tell people I look like this. Because the word, it says that the word is like a mirror. The hearer of the word only, but the doer of the word. It's like a man that forgets what he looks like in the mirror. The Old Testament spoke about him and now the New Testament is speaking about us. But really, even there was even shades in the Old Testament where it was also speaking about us too. And there's shades in the New Testament where it's also speaking about him too. Because Christ, it's Christ in us now. Now Christ did his job, and now what he spoke, he's, what's all in the New Testament is now Christ in us. Old Testament was Christ to be revealed, and now the New Testament is Christ in us. The hope of glory. No longer that, it's no longer he in the world, this person, but it's he in me now. That's all, all the all this stuff that was, is laid out for us. It's all now what's the divine nature that we've been filled with now is now in us to, to now that it can pour out of us, that we can look like it. Eat the scroll. Eat the scroll so that what's on, written on the scroll can be now projected 
as you walk and as you, as you are and as you start to be in the world and as you start to present yourself to the world, the manifestation of the sons of God. The manifestation of the sons of God that are actually manifesting the Son, but when we manifest the Son, we're actually manifesting as sons. When we manifest the Son of God, we're manifesting us as sons of God. Because He's now the Word, and now the Word projects us in, our, in the image. When we talk about Christ, we're actually talking about the image that we're being formed into, or that we have been formed into, but now we're transferring it from spirit to now be flesh. See, we have, like, like was said on Friday, we have it all inside of us in our spirit. We're already made like that, but now we're transferring what's within to project, to project on the outside, to project in our mind, in our soul, in our body. Now we're trying to turn what's already for us into what's before us. Jacob Esau, well, it was really meant for Esau, but, and Esau really is a represent, if you didn't really know, it was a representation of Israel, but now a foreigners have come, the poor have come, and now have inherited what Israel was supposed to have, which is Christ, and he shut their eyes, and just like Esau, but really, when we're talking about the blessing, we're really talking about what was for Jacob, so what was for Jacob, he already had it, but he had to transfer it by taking it taking his portion. It was already, the blessing, he was already blessed because God already foresaw and it was already his ordained to have, but until he had it, until he ate of it, until he received it, it didn't, the blessing didn't transfer over. There was no mules yet. There was no many lands of people and all this stuff. It wasn't until he actually obtained it. See, we have obtained it. It's ours. What's, what we have in the Spirit is ours already. It's already in us. But now we're taking what's within us and letting it be inside of us, in, in this mortal body. Because what's, what's our spirit is immortality. It's in the Spirit. It's in this body, but it's not really in this body. But what's in this body, what we have in the Spirit, we're trying to transfer it to now the natural realm in our mind and hearts. And what's in our mind, so the spiritual transfers to the soul, and what's in the soul transfers to the more mortal flesh. The soul is your mind, will, and emotions. When what's in the spirit and what's in our spirit, man, starts to reach our mind, will, and emotions, because what's in our spirit, man, it says the kingdom of God is within. So really what's within comes from above. So really what's above is actually right here. We keep looking at heaven up there, but it's really right in you if you're born again. I'm looking for, I'm just trying to go to the throne of grace, brother. I'm trying to break through all three heavens. That's, honestly, that's old wine. I got to break through the heavens when heaven is right here. Because he said the kingdom of God is within. He said the kingdom of God is right here. Your heavenly authority, your staff, your seated with Christ in heavenly places comes from here, not up there anymore. That's why it says greater glory is this, that Christ has now filled them. When they were filled in the book of Acts, what was above all rolled up like a scroll and they consumed it. And it's unraveled on their hearts now. The heavens were rolled up like a scroll in the, in the, Old, in the Old Testament. And it's, or sorry, in the in book of Revelation. And it will be rolled up like a scroll. 
But the scroll that has been unraveled inside of us can never be shut up, can never be rolled back up. Once it's rolled in you, now it's forever in you. It's the kingdom of God. See, if you're eating today, you're understanding. And if you don't understand, that's, that's what God showed me. It's like, oh, we get so mad because we don't understand. Ah, oh, the stupid mind. Trust in the Lord God with all your ways and lean not on your own understanding. He will direct your paths. So actually, if you're not understanding anything today, because there's already been things deep already just poured out, don't cry, oh, I don't have understanding, and make it a big deal. Cry and say, or cry out and say, God, I don't have an understanding. I, I know. Have confidence in what you have before the throne, because what's before the throne is now there. And now, as you're being filled with the water of the word, by the spirit, it's being turned into wine. By the spirit, it starts to have taste. You see, you drink water, you drink the living water, and it has it's water and it refreshes your soul. Right now, you feel good. Oh, that's good water. Okay. But when it's turned into wine, you start to taste it. You start, it starts to be revealed to you, the substance in it. It starts to become something. Your taste buds, your mind starts to understand as you start to taste the wine. The revelation. The unveiling. When it's unveiled, you no longer have to see blindly. Now you see the whole thing. Ezekiel 3.1 Moreover, he said unto me, Son of man, Eat that thou findest, eat this roll, or you can say eat the scroll, because the roll, that's what they were talking about, the scroll. Eat the roll, and go speak unto the house of Israel. See, eat the roll, eat the scroll, and go speak. You cannot speak what you not have eaten. You cannot do what you not have been filled with. See, we're filled that we now can fill others. We cannot go sow something with, with seed. It said he gives seed unto the sower. As he gives seeds unto us, we, we can't give seeds that we don't have. So as he, he gives us seed to sow now. See, right now you're being filled with the seeds of the word. And we spoke about this last time, in a sense. We're being filled with seeds of the word. Those seeds are sprouting as we're eating it. Because what does it say? It'll be... You'll, t you'll, you'll eat it and I, on your lips. It'll be like honey, but in your belly, it will be as bitter. It will open up and it will open up your bowels. Open up the dung gate for deliverance. Remember that? But as we start to eat it, it starts to unravel in us. And that seed produces fruit on the outside of us. And then other people eat that fruit. And then seeds are put in them. Now, not only have you been given seed to sow, but now as they're eating the fruit off of your tree, off of your image the seed is actually being sown in them too now. See, we're sowing the seed in you right now as we talk, or right now anytime we talk by the unction of the Spirit, and then the seeds come back out of you, and it, and it goes from one to another. Like we were saying, like he was saying, we, one, a baby produces a, 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 a person, a body produces a body, that body grows up, and, or that baby grows up and becomes a body, or a bigger body, well, it's already a body, and produces another baby, and it's... That's the way the kingdom of God is supposed to work. Multiplication. You think it says go fruitful and multiply? It's talking about the seed being multiplied. Because out of that one seed comes many seeds that go on as long as the root is never ripped out. So I opened my mouth and he caused me to eat that roll. And he said unto me, son of man, cause thy belly to eat 
and fill thy bowels with this roll I give thee. Then I did eat, and it was in my mouth as honey for sweetness. See, the word comes on those sweet, but then that thing, it's like the word is also like a fire. And the word comes in us, and it's purging out. See, when the word comes in us, it's purging out something else. It's replacing. You want to get rid of flesh, but really you need the word to fill you so that his flesh, because it says, eat my flesh, it's the word. Eat my flesh so that your flesh can be pushed out the dung gate and my flesh can turn into the image. So you want to get rid of your flesh so hard and you're so striving against your flesh. Eat his flesh. Eat his flesh and you will be able to deny your flesh. Eat his flesh and you will no longer manifest the works of the flesh but the works of the spirit. The works of the flesh are made manifest. Why? Because we still have flesh in us that's manifesting flesh. Flesh manifests flesh. Spirit manifests spirit. But it all goes back down. The fruits that we're doing on the outside all comes back down to the seeds on the inside. Every area in our life has to be filled with something. We can't just get rid of flesh out of us and not have anything there because what is the devil going to do? He's just going to sow another seed of flesh in there to replace that one. It's the war of the sowers. God is sowing and rooting out as he's sowing. He's rooting out one patch of the, yard, of the yard and sowing in a new place so that the ground doesn't get hard. What do you do to, uh, what happens to the ground that goes untouched? It starts to get, the surface starts to get hard again. But as, as we plow, we start to, then we sow that, the, that nothing else would be sowed or the ground would never be made hard. See, the devil either wants to sow his seeds in you or he wants your ground to be hard that you would never receive the seeds from God. Hard ground cannot receive seed until it is plowed. So that's the way the enemy works, is he either closes you off or you're filled with another way of, or you're filled with another image. Then I did eat, and it was in my mouth as honey as sweetness. And he said unto me, Son of man, go get thee unto thy house, to the house of Israel, and speak with my words unto them. See, now he was, he ate the scroll, now he was filled with the living water, and the living water came back out of him. Oh, I want to preach, God. I want to be a preacher. I want to be a minister. I want to do... Eat the scroll. Eat my words. And it will come out of you rivers of living water. Now he is in us like a wellspring. But we're receiving the word so that what's the water that's within us can now turn into wine. See, the water of the word is in us now, in our bellies, because that's what the Bible says. But now he's turning that water into wine so that when it comes out, it's not the dead letter. Now it's revelation. It's an oracle now. He's making the dead letter alive. He's raising the word from the dead. He's making the letter. He's turning what was already said and what was already spoken but concealed that it may be revealed. But he's also unraveling it so that it can change us. Not just be knowledge. Knowledge puffs up, but the Spirit gives life. Knowing things makes me know things just so I can say things, but being filled with things and consuming things actually changed me so that I can walk in what I know and I can walk like who I know so that my paths can be set by the one whom I claim to know. People talk about how much they know Jesus, but... 
They, I, when they walk in the room, it's like, well, did they even come from Jesus? See, when we came from Jesus, we can speak what Jesus has said. We need to, we need to, everything we do needs to come from the throne room. It needs to come from a place of every time God speaks to us or reveals to us the word or speaks the word or we open the word, Jesus did it right there by an oracle when he opened the book and said, today this prophecy has been fulfilled because that prophecy was standing right in front of them. What was concealed in the book then that they didn't know about was standing right before them and they still couldn't see. The scroll was unraveled and shown before men. What was hidden was came to the light. What was intimate has now been public for everybody to see and they still missed it. Because for 30 years, Jesus was reading about himself in the pages for those three years of ministry. He was already that, but to actually manifest who he was in the spirit, he needed to take on the mind. See, the word, the, the oracles of the word is really the mind of the spirit. The dead letter is the word of your own carnality, but the Word is actually, the word revealed by revelation is actually the mind of God. Now being changed in my, see, he was Jesus. He was the son of God. He was God, but his mind needed to think like what he was. His mind needed to act like the character that he was made to walk in. See, you, from the foundations of the earth, you were made in the image of God, but you started to walk into the, like the image of the beast because the mind was compromised. The heart was taken, was ripped out. Because the heart receives, the mind understands. These are the two things that need to line up. We need to line up with God. We don't, we don't just need to, yeah, we need to follow His Spirit. We need to line it up with His Spirit, and His Spirit speaks. But our heart and our mind needs to look like the same heart and mind that's sitting on the throne right now. Oh, God, I don't want to, we don't need to understand, God. We just need to love you, God. No, I want to understand so I can love you even more. I want to understand so that when it comes time to trust you, I can trust you because I understand. See, understanding gets me to trust him. Understanding helps me see what's going on so the veil's not there and I'm not freaking out. Like, I don't even know what's going on. The word is like a lamp unto my feet. The word helps me see so that I don't have to be scared. I don't have to worry. I know what's before me, what's before that. I, God is Alpha and Omega, and he wants to make us like Alpha and Omega, seeing things before they even happen, seeing what needs to be, to be known and what's the outcome before it's even manifest. Because when we start to learn the word, we start to know the seeds of everything, and we start to know the, the fruit and the manifestation of what it would look like anyway. See, we see seeds in people, but because we don't understand, we don't understand that what was planted in them through the devil or by God is directly connected to the manifestation they had later. But when we start to understand things and things get revealed on us, we know. We start to operate in Omega and we start to already see what can, what can be done and what will be done. Revelation 5, 1 through 10. And I saw in the right hand of him that sat on the throne a book written within it and on the backside sealed with the seven seals. And I saw a strong angel proclaiming with a loud voice, who is worthy to open this book? And I've always looked at this and I'm like, who is worthy? Oh, God, am I maybe worthy? Can I be open or worthy of the book?
Oh, no man. And to loose the seals there of no man in heaven nor on earth. Not even Elijah, not even this one, not even that. All these mighty men, then nobody can open the scroll? You kidding me? Neither under the earth and was able to open the book, neither looked thereon. And I wept much because no man was found worthy to open and read the book, neither to look thereon. Even John of Patmos was weeping because nobody could open it. But what John of Patmos didn't know, it's not because of the sins of man, it's not because of the flesh of man, it's because it was revealed for God himself to come in fleshly form and unveil it himself and be our king. We were not, he didn't want us, see, they were always trying to pick a king. In the Old Testament, they always wanted a man as a king, but God was always hinting to them that he wanted to be their king. They weren't getting it. So it's not that he can open the scroll because, well, God's like, oh, you know what? I'm fed up with this. Nobody's worthy enough. I'm just going to open the scroll myself. No, it's because it's been ordained from before the foundations of the earth that all men shall be taught by God. But man's decided to separate themselves from God, build the tower, learn themselves, speak themselves understanding, teach themselves, and has separated themselves from God all the more when God just wanted to be their teacher by himself. Yeah, he uses men to teach, but that's how he manifests his voice in the flesh, is through, the man, is through us. We're his messengers, and that's why it goes, well, they said to Moses, well, aren't we all prophets now that we all speak for God? They had a wrong heart. But in a sense, we are like in the, we're not all prophets, but we're in the form of a prophet in the sense that we're all meant to speak what the word of the Lord. The word of the Lord is not, not meant for just specific people anymore. Now it's meant for all of us to speak the word of the Lord. Speak, let him speak as the oracles of God. I don't care. It doesn't have to be on pulpit. It doesn't have to be on YouTube. But let it be by the oracles of God. Let it be by the voice. The oracles of God is literally the voice of God acting in time to release what is on his heart. If any man let, let, it, let him miss, let him do it as the, of the ability which God gives. So we all have different gifts, right? So our different gifts is the way that we are able to articulate each form of what God wants to talk about or how he wants to speak. Through a pastor, it might be words that are more encouraging and more like, hey, it's like the, the, that side of God. See, actually, the fivefold ministry is actually five different ways God of, of I, wouldn't, I don't want to say characters, but five different forms of his character. The evangelist is like the one that wants to save the lost in God's heart. All shall be saved. The pastor is the one that cares for a sheep, that loves the sheep, that just wants to see them grow, that just want the father type thing. And then, not, even though pastors are not fathers, but they're, they have that fathering aspect where it's like taking care of you, like, grow, like helping you personally. Then there's the teacher, and God is, all men shall be taught by God. He's a teacher. Then there's the prophet, and God is like a lion, and he comes, and he'll come in and directly and come with that kind of like, that hard word, that thing that's like, hey, you need to get right. We need to repent. We need to rebuke. That's all. This is all the different sides of God. So when you see a prophet, when you see a pastor, when you see a teacher, you're seeing different sides of God. We all get angry. God gets angry. We all get sorrowful. We all get happy. These are different sides of God. And then there's the apostle. But the apostle really represents the fullness of God. Because the apostle moves in all the five, in all the giftings. And this is the revelation of the apostle, really the revelation of God, is that he doesn't just move like a loving God that they speak in those churches. He doesn't just move like a lion they speak in those other churches like the legalism. He's all in all. 
He's a lion. He's a lamb. He's wise as a serpent, and he's harmless as a dove. He's all these things. Don't reject one side of God because you don't like that part. You don't like to be yelled at. Well, you have wounds if you're, not yelled at, but if you can't be rebuked and corrected, you might have wounds because from your childhood. And that's why you can't receive that side of God. That's why you can't receive even those giftings that move in that type, like the prophetic type or like a leader coming and correcting and rebuking. We don't like that type or or we like it hard, and we like everything to be, you know, straight. And it's like, just tell me the truth state. I don't need this pastoral stuff. I don't need this like a lamb. Just be a lion to me. No, we need both. Because the truth is, you need that love that surpasses, that comes in and fills us, that reveals itself and gets us to, we need that love because it was for this reason that we loved him that he first loved us. We can't really love him if we don't receive his love. So, those truth guys that just want to receive the truth all the time without, without the salt of the earth, without the, without the, do the heart of the Father. Well, you see them, they're the ones that are condemning on the street right now because they don't know the love of God. It's not the love of God, greasy grace, like, oh, just do whatever you want. It's the love that's like, no, these are lost souls and we're trying to save them, not the love that's like, all right, just put them in judgment. Mercy triumphs over judgment. That's God's heart. There will be judgment, but it's not going to be because it's going to be because at the end of the day, they just rejected God in the long run. That's really what it's all about. It's not even, yeah, sin, whatever, but really they did all that because at the end of the day, they just didn't want God. Because we all have fallen short of the glory. We all have fallen short. We all have sinned. But now he's brought us on by those who believe. Not the righteous that have works and can be saved because their they're works of the law it's through saved because now they've received the one that's been wanting them from the beginning. Because the only reason why he brought the law is because they thought they can do life on their own. They thought they can be right on their own. So again, the law, you want to be right? You want to do, live life on your own? Well, here's the rules then. I didn't want to give you rules. I just wanted to fill you with myself so you would already live like it without having to keep track of do's and don'ts in your mind. That's why we live in a greater covenant because now he's writing that law on our, on, our, on our hearts so it's natural now. Now it's not like, oh, I better not do that. Don't taste, not touch, not. Now it's, this is what I do. This is what I don't do. It's just, it's, that's it. There's no, I don't think of what I shouldn't do and I should do. That's why we receive the word because the word forms us in that image to walk out natural. How many of you want, are tired of continuing to, to try to not do something? It's like being under the law. I can't do it because it's written. No, how about love the things that he loves and hate the things that he hates, and now I don't do it because I don't even want to do it. Love, I, I, I want to do this because I want to do this. It's not like, oh, God, I don't want to do this, but I got to do it. No, but when the word's made flesh, now it's like, this is my calling. When the word's made flesh, this is my destiny. You start calling what looks hard and what looks difficult to others, the fire, you start calling it your destiny. When the words made flesh in you, you no longer look at the fire as pain and trials and tribulation and suffering. You look at the fire as he's forming me into his image. That's why we need to be filled with his word because we start looking at everything different. We start seeing everything different. For we know him that hath said, Vengeance belongeth unto me. 
And I will recompense, saith the Lord again, and the Lord shall judge his people. Oh, wait, we're on the wrong thing. And to the elders, he said, Weep not, behold, the lion of the tribe of Judah, the root of David, hath prevailed to open the book and to loose the seven seals. To open the book and loose the seven seals. He has the authority to open the book, but now he also has the authority to open the book to whoever he desires to give the book to. He now has the authority to feed it to whoever he wants to feed it to. So now he gives the scroll because then you start to see, and we're going to get to Revelation 10, where he actually gives that same scroll or, or, or another scroll to John and says, tells him to eat it now. He opens the scroll in Revelation, what is this? Revelation 5, but in Revelation 10, he now gives authority for someone else to open the scroll by eating it. He only has the authority to open the scrolls, but he also has the authority to give it to whoever he wants to. But it's all through him. It's all through Christ, right? It, it was for this reason Christ died. How about this? It's for this reason Christ died so that he can open the scrolls and, and we can eat it. Not just so that Christ died so that, oh, now we're not sinners anymore. No, it's deeper than just not sinning and, and, or, or not having the punishment of sin. It's now Christ died so now I can go back to that divine nature and I can start interacting it with, with it and in fellowship with it it says good company corrupts bad character, but or bad company corrupts bad character, but godly company starts to form godly character. So when we're around, now the veil is torn through the blood, and now we're able to be in that place, the throne of grace. Now it starts to change us now. That's the greater covenant now. The, the law said, this is what I want you to look like. And they tried to live up to it, and it didn't work. But now he's saying, this is what I look like, Christ revealed, and now the same spirit that's in me is now going to fill you and make you look like that too. So it's really the receivers of the word that are not only hearers of the word, but doers of the word because you start to do something that's natural in you. When you eat something, it becomes a natural part of you. Not just being around something makes you like it, why does, good, why does the company matter? It's because when you're around the company of it, you start to eat of it, and you start to take in, you start to think like it. Now, some people come in company, but they have different company in their heart, different agendas or different focuses, or they get misfocused, and they can never receive from what they're around, but they're always looking at what they're around and envying. Oh, that's, that's so awesome. Oh, I'm so different and comparing. We don't need to compare each other when we all look the same in Christ. So as we're actually becoming one with the seed, when we're becoming one with the one who's sown himself into us, we stop comparing ourselves amongst each other because we all look the same in the spirit. Not comparing gifts, whatever, but you don't, when you start to look like him, you don't even care about gifts because the highest gift is that he gave us his divine nature that we can walk and look like him. That's our Full, that's the full stature of Christ is how Christ walked, how Christ talked, what Christ did, how Christ looked like, how we thought is the same way that we're going to look like and talk and do everything about it. That's why what was said in that message compared to who? That we should measure ourselves to Christ because that's where we're trying to arrive to anyway. Stop measuring yourself to your brother because your brother's only here. Christ is way up there. That's even your brother's trying to get there. And as soon as you know it, 
You start climbing high and faith to faith, glory to glory, and you don't even realize, wow, just in the two months I've been focusing on Christ, I've, it's like I've gone five steps farther than I could have, than I wouldn't have in two years when I was focused on my brother. Because my brother and sister were two steps, three steps, but, when I, but Christ is way, 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 way up there, and now I'm not trying to climb up my brother's ladder with him and just get to his rung and, hey, we're the same now, right? No, no, now I'm going up to Christ and going, hey, are you looking at Christ now? Because I'm all the way up here now. Now you start surpassing because you're looking up. Not about, I'm not saying it's about surpassing your brother. I'm just saying you're trying to get, to, you're, we're comparing ourselves with our brother and sister, but they're only at a level of faith, a level of glory. We're trying to, we're trying to get to the fullness of glory and the fullness of faith. That's the full stature. Focusing on what's above the ladder of Jacob, not what's below, not what's just above, but what's above in heavenly places. That's why it says set your mind on things above because that's where you're climbing to. And as you set your mind on thing, things above, you're focused on what's above and you start to become like what you're focused on. If your eye be single, your whole body will be full of light. And as you're climbing, you don't even realize you're changing into what you're beholding. And by the time you get there, it's not like by the time you get into those that to the end of the ladder of Jacob, oh, now I get to be, no, guess what? That whole time you've been climbing up that ladder, you've already become like him, and now you're already like him. Now when, now when I see you, I see myself. We're, we say to the, we're gonna say to the world, just like Jesus did and his disciples, when you've seen me, you've seen the Father, but what he's gonna say to us is when I've seen you, I've seen myself. The word of God is like a mirror and now we're becoming like, now we're becoming the mirror to him. Because now when he looks at us, he's seeing himself. So as we start to become like what we see, what we see in the mirror, we start to actually become the mirror for Christ. Understand that. We start to become the mirror because now he's, what we're trying to arrive to is what he's already at. And now when we look at him, it's now the same person, the same kind of person. Behold, and lo, in the midst of the throne and the four beasts, and in the midst of the elders stood a lamb that had been slain. Seven horns, seven eyes. See, the, the eyes that see, revelation, sight, understanding, which are the seven spirits of God. Revelation, understanding, counsel, Sees all, knows all, knows what to do, sees before time, sees after time, sees what's in time, sees all around you and sees what's behind you, sees what's in front of you, sees what's on top of you, sees what's below you. It knows what to do because it knows what's coming. It knows what's around the corner and it already knows where you've been. So you don't have to complain to the seven spirits of God when the seven spirits of God already know where to lead you. We can have those seven eyes when we start to let those seven eyes guide us. We're called to look like him, right? Stood a lamb as it also had been slain, having seven horns and seven eyes. Well, if we're called to look like him, we're actually called to have seven eyes and seven horns. But what it really meant is that this is, it didn't mean that, you see, you're thinking like, oh, Christ has seven eyes. Wow, that's kind of odd. No, it's saying revelation. This is how he sees through these seven eyes in the spirit. And now this is how we're supposed to see through these seven eyes. We're no longer supposed to see through our own perception. 
We're now called to see the perception that the seven eyes are now see, are seeing. We're called to be like when you go to the island, when you go to the, the, the uh, well, I don't know if they have it here, but you go to some beaches and you go to some amusement parks or something that are by the water and you look through that binocular type thing. What's that thing? Lightoscope? Telescope? But it's like the thing, and it has, and even looks like binoculars, and they have it in, in New York on the islands or whatever. And you can look through, and you can see anywhere, wherever in the city. See, it's no longer our eyes. Now we have that, that telescope thing that we can see everything through. That's the filter now. How we see is supposed to be filtered through those seven eyes now, through the seven spirits of God. When you see a situation, when you see things, don't see it how your mind wants to see it. Start seeing it how God shows you. Because what you might see only might be surface level, but what he sees is even deeper and can rip out the root that you're trying to get rid of, the fruit that you're trying to get rid of. Or you don't see the gold in your brother. Well, the seven eyes will start to show you the gifts and the things that God has implanted that are here to help you. See, when you start seeing everybody in this room and everybody on YouTube that, that is connected to their own places or the body in their place, when they start seeing through the seven eyes, they start seeing a whole lot different. They start seeing through the, the seven eyes are really the eyes of love because the will of God is to save all men. So the seven eyes don't just see the problem. The seven eyes see the solution. The seven eyes just don't see flesh. They also see what's, what can come, the potential on the other side of that flesh. See, when we start to see through the seven eyes that don't just see in time, but see in any time, out of time, before time, we start to see what our brother will look like coming soon in the future, and we start to have long-suffering with them. We start to have patience with them. That why does God have so much patience? Why does God not freaking out up there? Because he already knows what's going to happen. He's seen the end before the beginning. He's the author even. Actually, he doesn't just see it. He creates the, what, what is supposed to happen. The devil creates, but God creates the victory. God creates the way through it all. It doesn't matter what the devil creates. God is already creating a path or, or, through it. I already know, and the funny thing about the devil creating situations and problems is God already knows what he's creating. So God already maps out. He doesn't see the devil creating things, problems, and issues, because the devil really can't create, but he creates problems, issues, deception, devices, but he, he's really just taking everything God did and twisting it. But the devil doesn't see God, the, God doesn't see the devil and is like, okay, now I need to put a way through that. Let me just, mm, I'll put a path right here. No. He already knew what the devil was going to create before the devil even turned over and became the devil. He already knew what the devil was going to do to you before he even did it. And the path has been laid out before the foundation of before you even created when you were formed in your mother's womb. So think of it that way. When you start to have this, when you start to see through these seven eyes, you start to see and you start to have peace. You start to have understanding. Actually, understanding brings peace. Understanding actually keeps us stable because we know that he's, God is in control. God is not in control when we take control. But God is control when we start to see what he sees because we know that he's already in control. You see? Some people say God's not in control. Some other people say, well, God's not really in control. There's a fight going on. 
But God is control when you start to have it made flesh in you that he is in control and then it starts to manifest in your life because you start to trust him. But when he's not in control, everything gets out of control because you start to take control. And you start to try to change the path and God's like, hey, I haven't done nothing. I, I can be in control if you know that I'm in control and you let me actually do that. Stop Jezebeling your life and let me lead you like Elijah. And you... Stop being Ahab to that spirit of Jezebel that keeps telling you, take control of your life. You need to do something. You need to do, this is happening. You need to do something right now. You need to make, you need to make a path. You need to, you need to be the GPS now. Don't worry about the GPS. Make your own uh, way. That's what the devil's whispering us. And like we spoke, we're striving. But it's really because we're trying to be in control of our life. When God is the author and finisher and we don't have no need to worry. He says, you have no need to worry about what you shall eat or drink, not even for the morrow. Not even for tomorrow you should not worry because the path is already laid out. But it will only be manifest if you trust that that's true. Because if you don't trust that that's true, then you're going to try to provide for yourself. And there goes the provision of God out of the way because God's not going to force himself. He's not going to force his will. He's a gentleman, and he's going to get out the way and be like, okay, fine, you want to do it? God, it's spinning out of control, but if the car is just facing some tribulation going around the curves, but Jesus is at the wheel, what are you worried about, actually? Yeah, you're looking, you're on the road, right? It's like, I'm thinking, I got a vision of these, like, you know, those mountain roads, it's like way up there and you're curving, it's barely any room. And it's like, Jesus is at the wheel and he's curving on, it's like, whoa, Jesus, where, where are we going? This is a little close, the edge is right there. But you're too busy looking at the curves and the mountain and everything. But why don't you look at the one who's driving? Because he has the power to make the car stay on the road. He has the power to make the car stay on the, on the path without falling off the cliff. Sometimes we don't like the path that God takes us through, but God's taking us through it. So you actually start worrying and start having to take control because I know I'm reading somebody's mail. I just don't know. I'm reading my own mail maybe too. But see, we start to take control because we see it. We're looking, oh, well, why are you going through the valley of death, God? No, don't go that. No, don't you, don't you see that darkness? What are you doing? Yea, I shall walk through the valley of the shadow of death, but I shall fear no evil for the Lord thy God shall be with me. Because the driver is still Christ. What if I'm trying to get you to walk through the valley of death so that you wouldn't feel the valley of death anymore? What if I'm trying to get you to walk through the valley of death because I'm really just trying to get you to have confidence in the shadow of the Almighty, not in the shadow of the valley of death? See, God's taking us through places that look odd, that look, don't look right, look dark, look, whoa, what's going on? But he's really trying, he's really, you know, we're always like focused on the path and our future and what God's doing and our destiny. But God's sometimes taking us through so he can form in us the man, he's the character and the person that he's trying to make us so that when we do endure our destiny, we'll be ready for it. Some people are blowing their destinies because they weren't formed, Christ was not formed in them. Although they were releasing Christ through their gifting, the image of Christ not formed in their mind and heart is using their gift unresponsibly. It says the gifts and callings are without repentance, but the word is a light unto your feet and makes sure that you don't step in the poop with that gifting. Who cares if you have a gifting? That's why it said it, it had the priest and he came in with the bells and the whistles and he came in with the pomegranates 
And they had to have both the whistles going, the gifts, but also the fruits to carry out the gifts. The gifts, the fruits actually make you responsible to carry out the gifts because many are turning their gift into covetousness of the root of all evil money. The root of all evil. Using their gift. That's what everybody in the body of Christ right now is using their gift to do for the root of all evil. Think about that because it just hit me hard. They're using their giftings from God, for God, for the kingdom, for the root of all evil. Meanwhile, they're claiming to preach against evil, but they're using it for the root of all evil money. Money's not evil, but the love of money is the root of all evil. So really, they're preaching roots from heaven. Meanwhile, the root of the love of money, the root of all evil is right in their heart right there. So that's why you see these preachers and ministers producing all these weird character and stuff and things going on and adulteries and you see people falling. It's because the root of all evil is producing a tree of evil. The root produces fruit. And they sung. See, you can't eat. The, see, you can't. Everything that's preached by, given by God, it's all given by God. It's not something that you just do. It says it's one spirit that operates all these gifts. It's the spirit that gives us the scroll to eat, but then there's a difference. See, God doesn't want to just use, quicken our gifts to feed. See, some people have gifts, but, and they're actually spitting out the scroll to fill it in other people, but the scroll is not coming in them and changing them. They're using their gift to change others, the gift and calling out of repentance, as a donkey, right? Remember that jawbone of a donkey? The, the gift is actually spitting out scrolls to fill others and write on the tablets of their hearts, but it's never getting to their own heart. See, I don't want to, that's the difference, is they go up there, no relationship with God, no intimacy, no, it says if you, if you don't know me, you will be turned away, right? Some people, they can, why, how come they can just go up there, and I'm not saying, I know God radically uses us, puts the words in our mouth and all that, but some people, they're just, going up there with a gift, but there was no, like it said in this one, moreover, he said unto them, son of man, eat thou that, eat thou that fun, eat this roll and go speak unto my house. They're giving from their gift and everybody else is eating, but they didn't even eat the roll themselves. Then you got ministers that come from the heart of the father. You got ministers that come from the gifting, but then you got ministers that have giftings, but they come from a pure place from the heart. That's why they, they make the gifts. They contaminate the gifts. They make it impure. And they start to even contaminate the revelations and all that because what's impure sees. That's why it says the pure in heart shall see God. When we have impurity in our heart, that's why we can see God. It's because we're pure and we can see. But when we're impure, we only see the impure. We can't see what's pure because you need to be pure to see pure. You need, so the pure, all things are pure. What is pure? God. So when we're pure, we actually are able to receive God, but when we're tainted, we can't receive what's fresh because we taint what we receive. See, they're receiving what's pure, but then they're making it impure and putting it back out to the body. But see, he's making us pure vessels so that when he gives us what's pure, it doesn't come out impure anymore. It's now, it's pure even going out. Some people are hearing the word of the Lord and then changing it and twisting it and putting all these spins on it. They originally heard from God, but now the impure, the pure has become impure. 
But God, see, God's done with that. That was that prophecy too. River in the desert, God's done with using the impure vessels now. He's been raising up bodies like this to make us pure vessels so that we can now be entrusted with the pure word of God, the pure truth, the pure living water that we can now put it out the same way it's come in. Now he's only, he's, right, right, right? the heavens are going to roll up like a scroll. They're receiving from the heavens, but it'll roll up like a scroll, but the scroll is still in us. Heaven is still in us. See, the scroll, the heavens might roll up like a scroll, but it's never going to roll up in us because what's up there has now come in here and it will be shut up for the rest of the world, but it will not be shut up to the sons of God. Now, you will no longer find the bride and the, the spirit and the bride anymore in the harlot, like it says in Revelation 18. You will now find the spirit and the bride only where the bride is and where the, where the bridegroom is. You will not find the spirit and the bride anymore in Babylon. And the great harlot, that's what it says. It says, you will not find, hear the voice of the, of the spirit and the bride anymore. And what do they do? They come, try to buy oil from us, but it's the oils in the bridegroom. We can put out the scroll, but he needs to make them born again and change them that they can receive the scroll even from us. It's, it's us giving what... Christ has given us, but they cannot, we cannot give them what from the spirit that we have unless they have that same spirit that can receive and bear witness to those things. We can give people spiritual things that are not spiritual, but they will trample over it like pigs because pigs cannot, can barely see and they trample over pearls all the time. But when we give things to eagles, when eagles give to eagles, right? Pigs can't go up there. Chickens can't go up there. Eagles pass worms to eagles and different things and food to eagles. But pigs trample over what the eagles are, have for food because, and the pigs can't ever reach it. We've, the swine is really the world. That's what he was talking about. Cast the spirits into the swine. When a spirit gets cast out of someone, it goes back into the world, into the swine. Into, like, other people, raise up, babies, Raise up in the world and they get filled with Jezebel. They get filled. Where do you think it's coming from? They're passing, people are passing spirits. Spirits are going place to place. They need a place to go to fill, a house to fill. But God has turned us from swine to eagles. God has turned us from chickens to birds that fly together, birds of the same feather that fly and flock in the nest and grow up to be above and not below, that grow up and to be Above the atmosphere, above the heaviness, the atmospheres, right? Well, we're not called to be, oh, I forget, I'm not, I don't even want to say it, but it's what, you know, like some people say, we're not called to be a thermostat, we're called to be a temperature gauge or something like that. How does it go? Did I get it wrong? Like we're called to, we're called to be the atmosphere, not just say, oh, why is it like this in here? We're called to be eagles and change the atmosphere. We're called to be above it. But how can you change something that you're not above? See, we're all eagles in this room. We're all eagles, maybe, maybe, listening on YouTube, hopefully, if you're born again. Well, you can become an eagle. And we're really above. Oh, yeah, we are, we are, we are, we are. But we need to be like an eagle in our mind. See, many of us are eagles, but many of us are blind eagles. 
Many of us are flying. We don't even realize we're above it. We're seated with Christ in the heavenly places, but we don't even realize what, where, what we're doing or how high we are, how above we are, because we can't see. But see, the Word makes us see. The Word opens our eyes. Just like man came from the dust, God used the same thing. Dust turned with dust, with the water makes what? Mud. And he used the mud and put it on the man's eyes and he could see again. The water of the word, the same thing he used to make man, he's now putting the word on man and getting us to see by his word. He's putting the mud on your eyes right now as you receive. Some didn't have a miracle done to them because... They, had, they did not believe. They did not agree with, what the, with the messenger, with the word, but they were looking at the messenger. See, God told me some people are spitting out the message. The message is like a seed going in, in you to produce, but some of us are spitting out the message because we're too focused on the messenger. I'm just a mailman guy. I don't care what, what undue balances you got and all this stuff, and you, you got to go to the credit union and get things right. I'm just a mailman. Oh, somebody sent you, well, I'm just a man. What are we gonna, I mean, somebody sent you a summons, you need to go to court? I mean, you might have to, I mean, I'm just the mailman. I'm just giving it. I don't even know what to, maybe totally understand the package that I'm giving you, but I'm just doing what, my job. Don't get mad at me. Maybe you need to consult with the one that wrote the scroll. Not the one that's giving the scroll, the one that wrote it. And then you can actually receive because you no longer look at the man. Of course, you're going to find something when you look at the man because the man is mortality. The man is still being formed into the image. The man still has flesh. So, yeah, you're going to find something. And then when you find something, you're going to be like, well, I can't receive that message because look at that. But you're just you're being so carnal because you're not realizing those words are coming from another person. You're, those words are coming from the messenger. The, 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 the one, the, no, the words are coming from the message itself because Jesus is the word. The words are coming from his mouth, coming through someone else's mouth that he ordains. Who? Why does he ordain? I don't know. Why does he make this one a prophet, that one an apostle? Who knows? Talk to God about it. Why does he make this one pastor, teacher? Why does he make this one leader? Why does he make this one preach and teach? Or why does he make this one pray all the time? I don't know. But he does. So don't. Resist the message because you don't like the, who's doing it. You're resisting God, actually. And Jesus said this. He said, they hate me because I told them their deeds were bad. They loved when Jesus did miracle signs and wonders. You'll love me if I do miracles and signs and wonders for you, but if I speak what, you, what comes against the things that you're still holding on to, you'll get mad at me if you're, not, if you're focused on me. The world's hated me, but they will also hate you. How can a servant is not above his master? If they hated your master, the master, they will hate the servants because the servants only speak what the master speaks. But they really hated him because of the truth. Why do they love some people? Why? Well, to you, if the world loves you, well, why does the world love you? Because you tell it everything it wants to hear. But why do they hate me, Jesus? Because, not because it has anything to do with you. They might say they hate you because, well, you do this and you do that, and I don't like how mean he is, and he's not loving enough, and blah, blah, blah. No, that's just what their mind thinks. But deep down, the Spirit knows it's because they're the messenger 
of the message, and they don't like the message, so they won't like the messenger. So if you don't like the messenger, you actually don't like the message. Because if you like the message, you're going to like the person giving the message. So don't look at anybody. Don't even look at me right now. Well, I mean, I know you have to look in this direction. But <laughs> <laughs> don't have your mind like, oh, Joe, what are you doing? What do you speak? No. What did God put in the mouth of the messenger? What did God put in the mouth of the mouthpiece? What did God put in the... What did God give Samson, the jawbone of a donkey, the mouthpiece of the donkey? Even the donkey with Balaam spoke the oracles of God. The donkey spoke. Does a donkey have salvation? So, God, so if a man comes off the street right now and prophesies over you and it's the oracle, it's, it's an oracle of God, you're going to reject it because, hey, I saw that man drinking last night. He's, all, he's a drunk. Well, you're focused on the messenger. I don't, I'm not playing respecters of persons anymore. Now I'm playing respecters of the truth. See, in the Old Testament, it was respecters of, we've got to respect the priest. We've got to respect that one. We've got to respect that one because this one does that one. He's ordained. Even David respected Saul and still saw him as God's anointed, even though Saul, Saul was after him and could have killed Saul, but he said, I will not kill God's anointed. God already turned away from him, but David was still paying that respect. But now it's not about the men anymore. We honor the gifts and the word and the truth and the anointing. You don't look at the men. You look at the gift that's in the man that's speaking the, the scroll that's supposed to come inside of you and change you. See, it's not about the messenger anymore. It's about you being changed in this ordained time to be changed. Thou art worthy to take the book and open the seals thereof, for thou wast slain and hast redeemed us to God by the blood out of every kindred, out of every tongue, people, and nation. He has redeemed us. Now he's brought us back in. Now Adam was able to just talk to God like he was, it was any other day. He, was able, he, was, he wasn't opening scrolls. Instead of God writing the scrolls and then passing it down to the Son of, Man, to the Son of God, now he just spoke. And, and every time God spoke to Adam, it was being written on his heart. He said, you have all authority over all the plants, the, the, the animals and all that, and he took all authority and did it. He said, you shall have a wife, and it, it was so. He said, you shall this, do that, do that, and it was so. He didn't need to have him eat it. Adam already was it. Because what, what God was speaking was already in Adam. He just activating as he was going. But now that's where we're, we're, go, we're going to is now He's speaking, activating the water inside of us and making it wine that it can manifest the taste, that it can manifest and, be spir and go from spiritual to manifestation in this, in this realm. As it is in heaven, that it may be done on earth. As it is in heaven, that it may be done on earth? What is the, what's the big deal about the earth? No, that when it's saying the earth, it's really saying that it may be done in you, man, and anybody that will receive my words, that it may be done in you. Christ in you, the hope of glory. That's what Christ in you is. It's the breath of God going, the Ruah, what does it say? The Ruah Kadesh? Being breathed back into you. Because what was Christ before? He was the Word. The Word was made flesh. And now that same Word that was made flesh is coming into us that our flesh may be made into the Word. So before the foundation of the earth, the word was. 
So really, you were because what was is now going to be so right now in you. So really, your way of life and who you're supposed to be was actually ordained and done before he even made the earth. But now it's just about getting the soul and the, the, the mind, will, and emotions in agreement, in alignment. Revelation 10, 8, 11. And the voice which I heard from heaven spake unto me again, said, Go take the little book, or you could say little scroll, little book, or whatever. What, what they did in the Old Testament, they wrote, the scroll, they wrote on scrolls. That's all it was. They wrote on scrolls, and then they started writing in books, and they even took what was in the scrolls and transferred it to books, and they made the book of the law. And that's what Jesus was reading and looking through and, and learning about himself in. But he was eating that book meaning he was becoming what was in the book. He didn't just read it and say, well, I better make sure when I go to the f scribes and Pharisees that I don't, I better, better not profane the Sabbath because it says right here, the Sabbath. No, but he was reading it and God was turning it into wine and revealing it to him what it was and showing him that he was actually the feast to be feasted on now. He was actually the Sabbath to be kept and rested in that we may rest on his bosom. That's our rest now, not the Sabbath. It's the seventh day God rested on because Jesus is now our completion. So now that seventh day really represents that we're complete in him and our works are complete and we don't have to do dead works or religious works anymore because now it's all in him. It's, all, it's finished in him. When Jesus, when God made on the seventh day, he rested. It was finished. The, the earth was formed. Man was formed. And we say, oh, at the cross it's finished and blah, 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 blah. Yeah, at the cross it's finished, but when you rest in him, you can actually receive and walk in that finished work. Even though the work is being finished, it's finished here in your mind and heart because you already know. It's everything that is being laid before you. Everything is being done. God is leading you. It doesn't matter what the devil tries to do because I'm on the will of God. And if I'm on the will of God, it's the safest place on the earth because everything that needs to come to pass for me will come to pass because it is written now in my heart. As long as I stick to what is written. See, it's up to you to stick to what is written now, not in the book of the law, but what's being written right now on your heart. See, we don't, we don't, we don't go by what's written. I mean, I hope this doesn't, I hope this, like, I hope somebody's receiving because this is, I don't even want this to stop right now. What was being written then, but it's now being written in you now, and that's what you live by. The, the letter kills, but the spirit gives life and makes it the book now. He makes your heart the book now. Eat the book because now the book, your heart is now becoming the book. Your mind is now becoming the pages. Give me the little book. And he said unto me, take it and eat it up, and it shall make thy belly bitter, but it shall be in my mouth as sweet as honey. What happened to Samson? He took out of the carcass of the lion, and he ate honey, and what was it, locust, right? It was honey and locust? I might be wrong on that, but I know he ate the honey. That's the whole point. He ate the honey from the carcass of the lion, from what the devil meant for, to, to destroy Samson right there, 
God turned it into honey for him to be fed. Go back to that scripture again. What God meant, what the devil meant for evil, God turned for our good. And he turned it actually into understanding and revelation from honey, from honey from heaven to reproduce Christ in you. Everything the lion is trying to do to you is to reproduce. What do, why is it honey? I always wondered that. Why is it honey? Because bees reproduce honey. And that's all they do is they're called to reproduce, reproduce. And in the kingdom, we're called to reproduce. And the honey, we're being filled with the honey. Then we're going and pollinating others. And it's, we're going back and, and receiving more honey, pollinating, receiving more. That's how it, we're called to reproduce. So whatever it is, whatever little ants, little problems you got in your life, don't look at it. See, that's the heavenly mind. That's when you start to get the word and you start to see through the seven eyes. You start to see this right here that I'm going through, that I'm struggling with. I know it's called to reproduce Christ in me, the honey of heaven. Reproduce the honey, but it's really reproducing Christ because that's what we're climbing to, the stature we're getting to. I've already arrived in the spirit. I'm already Christ in the Christ-like in the spirit. I'm already look. I already look like him in the spirit, but now I'm reproducing it in my body. I'm not. I'm not reproducing it just. To, just I'm reproducing it so that others may eat from it. Because this body is gonna. This temple is gonna fade away, but the soul actually will live on forever. So, even though I will have a spiritual body that will be glorified in heaven, the soul will still live on, and the soul needs to understand. Always, and is always growing in understanding. What God is training us for now, you don't even realize is actually training you for the age to come in the greater glory. What we're being trained for now is not just for now, it's for eternity. Yeah, your understanding is still going to be, that's why we're climbing to that level so that we can see, we can understand, and we know. Some will still, who knows how it all works, but we're not being trained up and learning things because if that was the fact, if, that, if we just went to heaven and we knew everything and knew how, had everything or whatever, he would just take us right now because what would be the point? But he's training us to forever have and take on that, and, and take on that glory and whatever he has for us. I don't know whatever he has for us, but I know he's training us for this life and the life to come. For life and godliness, eternal life, but also this life, godliness now and godliness then and forever. But it's not about focusing, well, oh, I got to focus on doing right because I want to be, I want to be the best one in heaven, you know. I want to be the top dog in heaven. I want to be kingly authority. I want to have like five cities I'm over. No. That's why you start, there's people that focus on them. And they're, they're not even, they don't even care about the sheep anymore. They're just, well, that's my reward right there. I did it. I'm getting out. I don't care what you do. I don't care if you receive or not. I'm just, I got my reward in heaven. And yeah, there's this aspect we need to have that. But as we're being formed into Christ, we don't no longer have that thing. Well, I just did this for my spiritual reward. No, now I did this because my reward is actually souls. Because if his reward is really souls, and we're supposed to look like him in our heart and our minds, why is the, our reward not souls too? You say you look like him. But his will is that none shall perish, so why is your will none, that shall, none shall perish? Not that you need to go strive and save every single person you see, but why is it not in your heart like, 
I want all to be saved. Heart for the lost. See, it's not just the evangelists that have that heart. We're supposed to have that heart too. But as we see the evangelists move, and as we see, see apostles move like evangelists or release what's in them, we start to eat from that, and we start to also have that same thing. See, the, the, each gifting, the fivefold gifting, going back to it again, we're, are all releasing their, their, the, not only the, the oil from it, but also the character of it, of, of Christ. Every time a fivefold gifting is talking, the character, the essence of the character is also being released too. And we're even eating from that character. And as we're eating from it, we're also becoming like that form of character of God. We're becoming like the lion when we receive from the apostle and prophet. We're becoming like the, the, the lamb when we receive from that pastoral type gifting. We're becoming like the one who wants to pull the, the sheep out of the ditch. When it's the evangelist, when it's the teacher, we become like that. We, fill, we get filled with the teachings of heaven. We start to teach. And then when it's the apostle, we're becoming like Christ. That's why people say, oh, well, you don't need to worry about the gifts. You don't need to worry. Well, you do need to worry about the gifts because if you don't know how someone's coming on to you, you're going to think something else of it, but you don't even really know. The way they're coming to you is because of the way God gifted them and put his DNA in them and intertwined them and made them like that so that they can come to him, come to you like that. Why is this guy always on my case? Why is this guy always getting at my flaws and always hitting on my flesh? Well, if you don't want to know about the prophet, so then you're not going to know. Why is this guy, all he does is teach, 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 teach. Why is this guy, all he wants to do is go on the street and save souls. Why is this guy, he wants to, all he does is like care for the sheep, but he's never caring for himself, or he never, or why is this guy, he's like, it's like a father. It's like he wants, I'm supposed to be, well, you don't even want to know the gifts, so how are you supposed to ever know how people are coming to you you think everybody's supposed to be the same in, in the, the image that you want them to be for your life, but they're coming in the image, the piece of image that God made them so that as the fivefold ministry and all the gifts and parts come together, they can make the image of Christ. As the gifts of the body come together, the whole body starts to look like its fullness. Isaiah 29, 8 through 24, we're, we're getting close. And it shall even be as when, we, when a hungry man dreameth, and beholdeth, he eateth, and he waketh, and his soul is empty, or as when, he, his, when a thirsty man dreameth, and beholdeth, he drinketh, but he awaketh, and behold, he is faint, and his soul has no appetite. So shall the multitude of all the nations be that fight against the mountain of Zion. So shall the, mul the nations have become a place where now the seers of, of who men have created now can no longer see, now can no longer hear. God has made it this way, so now bringing Christ onto the earth, he can, we can now receive from the one man, and that's the only way we can see, and that's the only way we can hear. The rest is going to tell you. Stay yourselves in wonder. Cry ye out and cry. They are drunken, but not with wine. They stagger, but not with strong drink. For the Lord hath poured out upon the, you the spirit of deep, deep, and have closed your eyes. He's talking to the nations of the earth. He's closed the eyes of the nation that no man could see on their own anymore, but that all men would have to receive Christ to see. 
that all men would have to receive the Spirit of God to receive. In the Old Testament, man can only see by a seer. Man can only see by a prophet. But now it's the Spirit of God who unveils our eyes, who puts eye solvent on our eyes. But eye solvent is really the word, and we see. And the vision of all has become unto you the words of, of a book that is sealed. A book that is sealed, which men deliver to one that is learned, saying, Read this, I pray thee. And he saith, I cannot, for it is sealed. I prayed, but I can't open the book. And the book is delivered to him that is not learned, saying, Read this, I pray thee. See, the one that is learned cannot open the book. And the book is delivered to him that is not learned, saying, Read this, I pray thee. And he saith, I am not learned. Wherefore the Lord said, For as much as this people draw near to me with their mouth and with their lips do honor me, but have removed their heart far from me, and their fear toward, listen to this part, their fear toward me is taught by the precept of men. The way they fear me has been taught in a form of how men would fear God, but not how God is teaching us to fear him. I thought that was interesting. Therefore, behold, I will proceed to do a marvelous work among this people, and even a marvelous work and wonder, even the wisdom of their wise shall men, men shall perish, and the understanding of the prudent shall be hid. The ones that are worried about the future, worried about what's going to happen, those are the prudent. It shall be hid. Woe unto them that seek deep to hide their counsel from the Lord and their works in the dark, and they who seeth us and who knoweth us. So God wrote things on the scroll and sealed up the scroll that no man can read it except the man that was ordained to open it. And now only through that man can we actually open the scroll and eat the scroll. Scrolls may have been open for a time back then, but they have been shut so that no man can do it without God. Surely your turning of things upside down shall be esteemed. Listen, this is, the, this is the one I told you earlier. Surely your turning of things upside down shall be esteemed as the potter's clay. Surely God doing all these things and turning the world upside down right now is surely the potter's clay. Forming, but really actually what everything he's doing out there, even the judgment on the wicked is also the things he's doing even with that. He uses light and darkness to form us. So everything he's doing out there is actually forming Christ in the church. The darkness is getting us to run to the light, and the light starts to form us and reveal and heal us. Surely a turning of us things are the esteem of the power of the Christ. For shall the work say of them that made it, he made me not? Or shall the thing form say of him that formed it, he had no understanding? It is not yet a very little while, and Lebanon shall be turned into a fruitful field, and the fruitful field shall be esteemed as a forest. In the foreign land, in the, in the place where Israel thought they were the ones, that they were going to be the ones forever, but in a foreign land, I shall make, he, God shall make his habitation, and that is us, because we weren't esteemed as them, the Gentiles, we were esteemed as unclean, and now we're, he's made, but he's made all things clean, really. But really, he's cleaning us, because, and it's not, now that we don't have to be Jews, we don't have to be of the land anymore, but now all those that are his are the land now. It's not 
You have to be from the land. Now he wants you to become the land, anybody who's willing, the poor, the naked. That's why it says the poor, the naked, the widow, the orphan, because what? The orphan is without a father, the widow is without a husband, and the poor is without anything. And the hungry is without food, the thirsty is without drink. But what is he? He's the, the living water. What is he? He's the manna from heaven. What is he? He's the father to the orphan. What is he? He's the, the bride to the bridegroom to the bride. Those who claim to have a, have a husband, everybody out there, you might have a husband at home or you have a wife at home, but what is really your husband? Is it Baal? Is it the God of this world? Is it Jezebel? Is it sports? Is it TV? Is it government? Is it this? But the ones that say, I don't want any of it. I don't have a spouse. I may have a spouse, but I don't have a God. Those are the ones I shall make my habitation and the ones that have been shaken out from the systems of the world that have come out of Babylon the harlot and will cling to me. Come out of her, my people. Some people are even in the church claiming that they are a bride, but they are a harlot because their God is something else. But your God is not the God that you speak in your mouth. Your God is the one that you serve in your heart day in and day out and think about. Your God is the one when you need to go do something, but you'll hold up everything in your life to go make sure that's fulfilled and make sure that's attained and make sure that's okay. Your God is the one that controls your soul, your mind, will, and emotions. You got a soul tied because something is tied and, and what is your soul? Your mind, will, and emotions. So something is, when something pulls on our emotions, on our mind, on our will, that's not of God, it's a soul tie. And that's really a God. I will be found in them that have no other gods before me. But a God is not just a statue. A God is something we've carved in our own mind. See, we're making statues in our mind of what we want to serve and what our, we want our life to be like. Even your own dream of what you want your life to be and what you want it to look like and how you want to speak and how you want to be and how you want your character to look like is an image of a God that you've made on your own. That was that whole message, smash your idols. The idol of all idols is really you because the, even if you don't, even if you create, they create, they were, when they made the idol, they were creating something that was already created in their mind. They were just forming it into a rock or, or carving it into something. It wasn't like some God said, because every other God is dead, right? There's no other God but God. So the devil spoke or they spoke and told them to make this thing, but really they were just making the lust of their flesh when they made an idol. It wasn't Balak or Baal. They're really all dead. It's only the devil or God. So really, they were making up their own thing and pretending that this God would answer them. But what? The God never answered by fire. Only God did because God is the only one that's real and living. So fire actually came down from that God because that's the only God that can even release fire because only living things have substance. Dead things are dead. They have no substance. They don't exist. They, have, they are not matter. You can't release matter if you're not living. And it, it, is it not very a little while and Lebanon shall be turned to a fruitful field and the fruitful field shall be a scene of the forest and in that day shall the deaf ear shall the deaf hear the words of the book, right? Eat the book. They shall hear the words of the book. They're not only going to hear the words of the book because Israel was hearing the words of the book when their prophets came, but they weren't eating the book. 
They weren't eating the scrolls that Jeremiah, that Ezekiel had. They were, see, they were speaking scrolls when they spoke. And anybody that had a hearing ear, not a hearing ear like, oh, I hear Jeremiah, but I hate him. That's not a hearing ear. Just because you're hearing me right now doesn't mean you have a hearing ear according to God. But those that receive the words, is, that's really the hearing ear. It's the ones that receive it and eat it. And the hearing ear becomes the speaking mouth. What is hid in the darkness shall be shouted out on the rooftops. What we hear in secret shall be shouted out in, in the open in public places. So really what you start speaking, because out of the heart comes the issues of life, but really what you start speaking when you're being filled with life, you start speaking life. Power and death is in the life. Life and death is in the power of the tongue. But you can't really speak life if you're continuing to be fill, being filled with death inside of your heart. So as we're being filled with life, out of the heart comes, out of the heart comes thoughts, but it also out of the heart, the mouth speaks. And what, when life is filling the heart, the mouth is speaking life because the heart is connected to the mouth. Oh, I'm trying to get my tongue under control, but what if it's your heart? I'm trying to get my tongue in control, but my tongue is in control. Why is my tongue in control? Because the Holy Spirit has my heart. I'm asking the Holy Spirit to, to get my tongue right, because only God can tame the tongue right, but he really needs to tame your, your heart, because your heart is on fire for the lust of the flesh. Your heart is on fire for your own image. Your heart is on fire for this, or your heart has this. Your heart. That's why it's the heart. We're, are we're in the race... Our heart, your heart's racing. Your heart's racing to him. Everybody's heart is racing for something, right? Heart is racing. But Paul said we're in the race to complete his will. If your heart is racing, what does your heart jump for? That's what your heart is racing after spiritually. What does your heart jump for in the, physically is what your heart is jumping for maybe in the, even in the spirit. The things that grab your heart in your life. That's, what, that's the race that you're running, but there's only one race that, that brings us up the ladder of Jacob into the, the kingdom of heaven. We're all running a race, but the engine, the fuel, and the direction comes from the heart. You can, and that's why I said that one day. God it came in by an oracle. It was the health of the mind is in the wealth of the heart. So really, you're trying to get your mind right, but if your heart is not right, your mind will never be right. How can you fix something here, but what you're trying to fix with here, you don't, you don't even want it here. God doesn't give you what you, what you, God doesn't give you something that you don't want. He gives you what you want. So actually, if you want the devil and his devices, he'll give you what you want by standing back. But if you want him, he gives himself to you. Why do you, why do you, are you blind and you stay blind, Pharisees? Because you say that you can see. But, and your mouth speak that, but really your heart actually wants to be the one and not worship the one. Really, it's your heart that cries out to see, not your mouth. You can cry out, for prayer all the time, God, make me see. But if your heart doesn't want to see, see, your prayer is with your heart. Your prayer is not with your lips. That's why when we pray for the heart, God answers the, 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 the he said, their mouth is far from me, but their, their heart is far from me, but their lips 
their lips. They do lip service. And we do lip service even in prayer, not just in front of open, in front of people, but at home we do lip service with God. Oh, God, I want this guy. But God knows you don't want it because he knows the heart. God already knows what you want before you even ask for it. What you ask for in the unspoken realm is what you're really asking for in the open realm. God, I want this. God, well, what do you really want? That's, so check. That's what we really need to do is when prayers are not getting answered because God's not answering the mouth. He's answering the heart. God's not hearing your mouth. He's hearing your heart. Be happy. Don't be happy because you prayed. God knows what you're going to pray already. Be happy because you know what you want in your heart. And if you want him, you know you're, you're, you have joy, peace, and righteousness because you know you're going to get him and you know he answers those that cry out to him. All those that cry out unto the Lord Jesus shall be saved. Some of us need to cry out unto the Lord Jesus even today that we may be saved. You've been born again, but are you saved from what's binding you? Saved? Okay, cool. Born again, but some of us need to be saved because we step back in the old vomit. We've gone back to our vomit like dogs. Give ear that make a man offender. Let's go back. I don't want to. just want to make sure I don't. Let's go to Isaiah 28, 23 to 29. Give ye ear and hear my voice. Hearken and hear my speech. Hearken. Don't just hear my, he said, don't just hear my voice. Hearken. Meaning come to, connect with. Don't just hear the word today, don't just hear the word next week. Don't just hear the word next month. Hearken to it. Connect to it. Receive it as the word of God now. Receive it as God speaking to you now because it's no longer a man that speaks. Hear my speech. But he's not saying just hear it. He's saying receive what I'm saying because it's going to change you. Does the plowman plow all day to sow? Does he open and break the clods of his ground? When he hath made plain the face thereof, doth he not cast abroad the fitches and scatter the cumin, and cast the principal wheat and appointed barley and the rye in their place? For his God doth not instruct him in discretion and doth teach him. He's talking about actually the Son of God. Does, wait, let's go back to that. Does a plowman plow all day to sow? Of course he does. See, right now, when we, can, we either can have two reactions to the plow. Are we going to receive the plow and receive it as condemnation, or are we going to receive the plow and receive it as something that's going to rip up the ground in us so that now the seed can be put in us? Because the seed cannot be sown in hard ground. So actually, you want, the seed, you want to receive the word, but it's so hard, and there's such that mental block, but the block is on your heart. It's the hard ground right here. It's the heart of stone. What is stone? Rock. So we actually need to plow the ground so that the seed can get into the depth of the ground and not be on the surface where the fowler can... See, the fowler is really connected to the hard ground because the fowlers, they dig up, but they also pick up seed that's right on the topsoil. And why does it not get in the topsoil? Because the ground is hard. But when it's good ground, you throw the seed on the soil and it gets in the depth of the soil. So that's why we actually need to plow and not... Oh, my God, the spikes on this plow are hard. It's tough. No, let the word crush you that now the word can come like a living water onto you 
or, or like the bread or like the potter and form you now. Because he cannot take the old clay and make something new. He needs to smack that clay out of the way and put a new clay from heaven and remake you. But the pot, but the, but the plow, but the plow, but the plow. Don't look at the plow. Look at the seed going in your heart that's now going to make a harvest. Does he open and break the clods of his ground? You have two options today. You either receive the plow with hardness of heart or you receive the plow and let it tear up your hard heart. I'm the same goes for me. Same goes for everybody. The messenger, the ones hearing the message, the plow is here to open up the ground so that you do not have to be in famine anymore in the spirit, but that the word can now reap the kingdom in you. Bread corn is bruised because he will not ever be threshing nor break it with the wheel of his cart nor not bruise it and its horsemen. This also cometh forth from the Lord of the Horse, which, which is wonderful in counsel and excellent in working. Psalms 119, 101 through 103. I have refrained my feet from every evil way that I might keep thy word. I have not departed from thy judgments, for thou hast taught me how sweet are the words unto my taste. Yea, sweeter than the honey of my mouth. Jeremiah 15, 16, your words. See, when you eat the words, when you eat the words, see, when you only hear the word here, it's never sweet as honey. But when you eat and you receive it, and it's because when you're eating and receiving, see, we get mad at the dead letter all the time. But really, someone can be speaking by an oracle can be speaking a living word, but you can receive it as dead because you're receiving it with the carnal mind. See, there's actually, there's not life in the pages, but there's life can be coming out of the pages if the Holy Spirit is illuminating it, but your mind can make it all dead and null for you. See, there is revelation and stuff in there. It, it, it can be alive if you get the carnal mind out of the way and you let the Spirit unveil it and take the veil off. But it can be dead for you if you hear it through your own ears. And, but it's alive when we eat it, and it's sweet as honey. See, oh, I don't like the word. It hurts. No, actually, if you would eat the word Ahab and stop rejecting the prophet, it would be sweet unto you because how sweet are thy words unto my taste? Look at this one, J Jeremiah 15, 16. Your words were found. See, your words were found. God is, trying to, is releasing his words with the scroll and trying to find a tablet to be placed on. Right now, the word of God is aiming, and any heart that is willing and receiving, it falls upon. So you need to ask yourself today, and every time, is your word being found in me, God? Where is the word being found in this room right now? Where is the word being found on YouTube right now? Well, that is where the kingdom of God will be found. Your words become to me a joy and delight of my heart. For I am called by your name, O Lord God of hosts. They are delight unto my heart. They might be bitter to my belly, that my flesh might not like the word, but unto my spirit it is like honey. It is like joy if I receive it. You see the plow coming, and it's like, oh, no, here we go. But the plow is plowing up the ground so that the, the word can come into you and be like honey and be joyful and be uh a thing like that where it's like, see, you start to receive the word with gladness when your heart is not hard anymore.
But when your heart is hard, it's like, what is this thing doing? What, I don't even, what is this thing? This, the, ground, the hard ground doesn't like seed, but the soft ground consumes it and, it, and it only makes the ground even better than it already was. It doesn't, ground doesn't just sprout the seed, it decorates and pollinates and makes the ground beautiful. The, it's not a, just about the word being produced in us and coming out of us and, and being a beautiful flower in us. It's also about the heart, the, gr the ground, the soil being decorated with the garden, like the Garden of Eden. Our hearts starting to become pure. The word is coming in our hearts, making us pure, but also putting out pure oil from heaven. Job 23, 12, neither have I gone back from the commandment of his lips. I have esteemed the words of his, much, his mouth much more than necessary food. Man shall not live by bread alone, but by every word that comes out of the mouth of God. You guys can stand up. By every word that comes out of the mouth of God. Hebrews 10, 15 through 39, whereof the Holy Ghost also was a witness to us, for after that he said before, this is the covenant that I will make with them. After those days, saith the Lord, I will put my laws into their hearts, and in their minds I will write them. In their minds I will write them. I will put the law on their hearts, and in their minds I will write them. Think about that. We need... We don't need to just hear what we're, what we're doing. We don't need to just do what we're saying. We need it to be written, and we need it to be put on our heart. Written in our minds and our hearts. And in their minds, I will write them. And sins and inequities will I remember no more. Now, now where remission of these is, there is no more offering for sin. Having therefore, brethren, boldness to enter into the holiest by the blood of Jesus. See, the, the blood entered us in but the word is taking us deep. You might be, let's say the, the word, the kingdom is like, I don't even want to use certain analogies because it could be the other way, it can look the other way, but let's say the kingdom is like a big rushing river of water, but there's a gate and we can't get in because it's only for those that can get in. Only you know, it says no trespassing, only authorized personnel. Well, the blood has now make, made us authorized personnel to get us in the living water. Now we're deer that pants after the water, but we no longer have to pant because the water's right there and all we have to do is drink. See, the blood, we were a deer panting after the water, but the blood got us through the gate so we can actually drink the water. Woman, if you only knew that you don't have to drink this water but you can drink a water that you would never thirst again. And it can be in, in you like a wellspring. You would come unto me. That's why we need to know what's before us because that's, the revel that's what, we're, what we have right now. We have the wellspring inside of us and we can go drink right, right now even if, as we're speaking. Because the blood, everybody's about the blood, the blood, the blood. Good, you got it in the blood. But, and the blood keeps you in because every time you get in trouble with the manager of the river, with the gate around it, then the devil's like, well, you're in trouble with the manager, so maybe you need to leave. You're not authorized personnel anymore, but the blood says, no, he forgives me. 
and you stay in the yard and you stay in the river. So the blood, he says, if any man want to have a life in me, he must drink, eat my flesh and drink my blood. He must eat my word, but his blood, every time I mess up, every time the devil tries to mess with me, it says that the saints overcame them by the blood of the lamb and the word of their testimony. Every day we're overcoming when he comes with that condemnation, when he comes with trying to mess with us, when he comes trying to take our mistakes back with us. Even some of you right now, right now, claim the blood over your mind. The, the doorpost is your mind. You're the door that he's walking in through. If, any man, if I knock and any man open, I will come into him. The doorknob is your heart, but the doorpost, like, right, the doorpost is up here, just like in real life. The doorpost, but the heart is the handle right there. But they put the blood on their doorpost. You need to put the, when the devil starts messing with your mind about your mistakes and your sins and your failures, you need to wipe the blood on the doorpost. That the because right now, right, the devil comes and messes with us and say, well, the spirit of death is coming, judgment, and you're going to be one of them. You're going to take the mark of the beast. You're going to do this. You're going to be turned over. So, because you messed up, but you have to, they, God didn't say, well, for your sins, you better get them right. No, he said, the spirit of death is coming, so put the blood over your doorpost and it will not be able to touch you because the blood is the authority for the enemy not to be able to mess with you. They overcame the accuser of the brethren by the blood of the lamb and the word of their testimony. They didn't just overcome the day they got saved. They overcome every day. We're overcomers, right? The Bible says we're overcomers by the blood of the lamb. Well, why are you not overcoming? It doesn't matter your shortcomings as long as, see, it says, drink the blood, drink the blood, don't drink the blood unworthily. Some people are sinning out of lasciviousness or using the grace of God as a lasciviousness and saying, oh, well, I can sin because... Well, that's not covered. You're actually using the grace of God in vain. But the ones, the sins that we do there where we mess up or we, we fall or we can't get it right or we struggle with, that's where the blood comes in and says, I can wash you. I can get you back in. You don't have to let the enemy mess with you like they did in, in those days when judgment was imminent when they messed up. Now it can keep you in so that you can keep drinking from the river. And the river is God. He's the river of gladness. By a new living way, which he hath consecrated for us through the veil. Having therefore, brethren, boldness to enter into the holiest, by the holiest of holy. Right now, when you come up to this altar after we're done here, by the blood of the lamb, lamb you can enter into the holiest of holies, his presence. What was it with Moses? It was Moses. See, the, we think the holiest of holies is heaven and the throne, but he's the holiest of holies. He's holy. Holy, holy is the Lord God Almighty. So when he's there, it's holy ground now. And he said, take off your feet. Take off your sandals, Moses, because you're standing on holy ground now because the holy of holies has entered the room. But now by the blood of the lamb, we can now come in and he can wash our feet. And in the holiest of holy, in the, in the presence, but it's the presence of angels, but really it's the presence of God because where he is, his angels are there with him. Right now, the presence of God can fill this room. Right now, the presence of God can fill your room right now, even, even watching and listening. By the blood of the Lamb, have confidence. Step into it. Don't take this word, condemnation. Don't take any word, any rebuke anymore, any correction as condemnation. That's why he said he mingled them together. He said, eat my flesh and drink my blood. As we're eating the word and it's aiming at things in us, we're drinking the blood 
Because the enemy comes and says, oh, you're guilty of that. Oh, okay, I'm guilty of it. Good. I'll drink the blood and I'll wash it down and I'll go out of the dung gate. It's good. So, Father, we just thank you, Lord. By the blood of the Lamb, we're going to enter in right now, Father. Because you, because you died, you were worthy to eat the scroll. Because you were slain, you were worthy to eat the scroll. But now the blood that was poured out as you were slain has now made me worthy to eat the scroll. So I don't have to condemn my word when the scroll comes out and there's things that it's aiming at. Now, by the blood of the Lamb, I can receive those words, let it push out the bad that needs to go out of the dung gate and let it form me into new creations, into a new creation. Oh, we thank you, Lord. Just say, God, I thank you, Lord. That you would teach me how to eat today. That you would teach me how to consume your flesh. That if any man eat my flesh and drink my blood, he shall have life and life abundant. But hold on. But now... Your f no, let me do it. <laughs> but now your flesh is becoming the word made flesh. So now when people eat your flesh, when eat, they eat your words, they eat the things from your mind. Now they're eating Jesus. Oh, thank you, Father. I eat the scroll. I eat the seed that when it comes into my belly, it may be unraveled. And even though it may be bitter to my belly, even though the deliverance, the fire might be hot, Father. It is forming in me something that is eternal and something that will come back out of me and fill someone else with the same seed. And that seed is Christ. Play that song. We thank you, Father. This shall be as sweet as honey. Let us not receive your words anymore as something that we scoff at, something that we resist, but let it be as sweet as honey, Father. Oh, you come. But if we receive you, you will come as harmless as a dove. You don't have to be as wise as a serpent around us and go around us and have to go do swerves around us to get through to us. Let us receive you that you can come onto us as a dove, harmless, without having to be a serpent, without having to go around our, our offenses, without having to go around the things that, that make us trip. But let the way be clear that the dove can just rest on us. And fill us with oil. Thank you, Father. Just fill us today, Father. Just fill us today with your presence, Father. Fill us today with a heavenly touch. Jesus' mighty name.